Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is Sports Tech Atlanta Sea Talk with your host, Taylor and Sterling. Matt, got a lot of big things coming at you. Uh, we have some exciting, exciting stories to, to kick off. This is really our new year. Uh, we have a new format with a lot of stuff coming out, a lot of content coming your way, a lot of good sports technology discussions because there's a lot of a lot of things going on out here, people. A lot of, lot of new and exciting things to hit 2023. Sterling, how you doing? I'm good, man. It's uh, it's weird. It's weird. It's uh, it's coming January here. It's almost you know it's almost Black History Month. Almost uh, we got a big game with the Eagles and the Niners, Chiefs and the Bengals. It's uh, it's good, man. I'm doing well. But yeah, like you said, I think uh, excited to bring some new some new content here in the sports tech world. Uh, for this pod, we wanted to start off and just kind of focus like our big discussion here on Gen Z. I, call, I like to call them t- the TikTokers, right? The kids out there that are just doing the weird dances, all that type of stuff. Um, what's interesting and what, I, what, I, what we wanted to kind of dive into, what, did you see what something, before I, I get into the story, I'll, I'll start it this way. See Austin Rivers talking about basketball today. Uh, I did. I, I saw that he made a lot of um... – yeah, Not, it's, it's, I could say headlines, but just on on how kids are approaching the game and what's missing from you know his time in playing. I did see that. What's so interesting about that was I didn't. I don't think he was wrong, right? I think for a long time, and if you miss some of his comments, essentially what he said, especially about guys playing basketball now and guys watching basketball, is like people don't watch it. Every it's a highlight culture, and because of highlight culture basketball has changed guys don't really know how to play the game right they don't know how to play help side defense or weak side defense or do a duck in or when's the right pass when do you run the offense when you all that type of stuff right they don't they don't understand that i can tell you what and, they can do though they can find that camera point do the uh tap on the head and the he's too small even though you're probably five nine i mean it's just, it, it is it's different out here in these uh basketball streets it is, and that's the thing, and that's what brought me, I think, to this first story here. I think it's a great way to, to begin the year, really think through like how we're consuming media, what's kind of coming down in the landscape. But I saw this from Morning Console, which their study showed that Gen Z is watching live sports less than previous generations. So kudos to Austin Rivers there at the, at the forefront of this conversation. Because of that, because of because of Gen Z watching less, that threatens the future of global sports rights ecosystem, which is projected to eclipse 60 billion annually by 2024. I'll give you a few more stats out of this article I found again from Morning Consult. 32% of Gen Zers say they watch live sports through authorized streaming services, compared with 28% who watch via broadcast or cable TV. YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok are Gen Z's most popular sources of sporting news. I don't think anyone's surprised by that, but these next two, I think, were. Nearly half of Gen Zers, 47%, say they have never watched a professional sporting event in person. I'm going to say that again. Nearly half of Gen Zers, 47%, say they've never watched a professional sporting event in person. And then a recent survey of a thousand Gen Zers between the ages of 13 and 25 found that 33% do not watch live sporting events compared with 24% of U.S. adults and 22% of the millennials who answered the same in a corresponding survey. Uh, about two in five Gen Zers, 38% say they've watched a professional sporting event on TV in the past four months, while 53% say they had done the same at least once in 2022. 
I'll stop there. It's a lot of stats. I know it's a lot of reading there. That is wild to me, right? And that's where this first conversation of 2023 takes us is into what is going to be the landscape here. If you have not seen them in the news, or let's just even talk, if you have HBO Max, right? Um, HBO Max recently just showed their first live U.S. men's soccer game, right? I think you saw what Apple TV did last year with baseball. They also signed the MLS contract here at the end of 2022. Meta's extended their partnership with the NBA, uh, obviously trying to get more people into Meta Quest and using their VR enhancement of giving you like a live uh, front row seats to NBA games. But it's interesting to think about, right, Taylor? Like what's, what's going to happen here over the next three, five years from a viewing perspective, especially if advertisers and eyeballs cannot reach the Gen Z market? I mean, it's really interesting. Uh, uh, like you like you pointed out, a lot of uh, streaming services are jumping into the sports game because they're trying to figure out how can we how can we how can we get these Gen Z? How can we get this new generation of kids to watch, follow, maintain interest, buy, purchase? We can sell ad dollars higher at a dollar at a higher dollar value. What can we do? I mean, let's 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 be real. Let's 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 just keep it a buck. Uh, first off, if you don't know what Gen Z is, and you, obviously a lot of people you hear the term, but if it's not, it's 1995 to 2012. And also, depending on other country, Australia's got it at 1996, 2010. But you can see the window that you're in. So millennials, if you don't, millennials take a, a, a sigh of relief, a, a, take a breath and exhale because we're not the ones to blame for all of these stats. Now they have moved on to the Gen Z because we there was a time frame where it was millennials are doing this, millennials are doing that. Case in point, millennials killed the cigarette industry or the smoking industry, so to speak. So not us. Now it's the younger generation, like Sterling said earlier, with the wiggle dancing and all the hip movement and gyrations that are completely offbeat. Makes no sense. No. So the interesting thing, man, is like, let's like I said, let's keep it real. Everybody does streaming services. But when it comes to watching games, I still don't see the impact that they're anticipating or hoping from these Gen Zers because. A lot of these kids, even though they consume media on TikTok, it's the short form content. Um, I don't want to say a lot of people have ADHD out here or ADD where you can't keep their attention for a long time. But if you look at the stats off of the NFL, and I don't have it readily just in front of me for the millions that they had, but let's just say it started off at 12 million viewing for Thursday Night Football for the new streaming service and partnership under uh, Prime Video for or or. or Amazon Prime and the NFL for Thursday Night Football. So the first game, what brought in like 12 million. And then as the, the year went on, granted, they were all terrible games. I was going to say terrible games. Yeah. Terrible, terrible. Maybe it was, uh, it, I, I have to check our sources for the NFL. Maybe it was something amongst the players that decided, hey, we, if we can sandbag these games, they might try and do away with them. But there's too much money there. They ain't doing it. But it just goes to show you, even with the NFL that has a diehard brand, Folks that are dressing up in no clothes in, in in almost zero degree weather, that type of fan fan die hard nature that you get fandom, um, and that took a while to build up as a brand to get that type of fervor and 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 just deep loyalty and love and knowing support that you can you can make these moves to a streaming service and and have the, that viewership. I think you're still going to struggle with that when you get to the Gen Z because even though they are on the streaming services of Apple, um, you know, your Netflix, and so to speak, that they're kind of cord cutting in a sense, watching stuff on YouTube, 
if it's not a ping of, hey, uh, you know, this is on, would you want to watch it in an ease of use to watch it? I still think you're going to see a lot of struggle. Agreed. I mean, I mean that that stat again, 47% say they never watched a sporting event in person, right? Mm -hmm. So again, I, I don't know who of these thousand people that they that they asked, but that's a large number there, right? I mean, that's that's pretty that's pretty wild to think. To your point, I mean that that's where I'm kind of going to this is like what we we highlight so many companies and startups here on this platform. Do you feel like there's a certain sector? Is it AI and AR or VR? Like, what do you, what do you feel will enhance or be able to kind of take the forefront to kind of get these these Gen Zers to be able to like, oh, like I want to watch half of a game. I want to watch part of a game, right? What is right. there? Is there something? Do you think technology that's out there, or do you feel like what I'd look, I when I look at the before you answer the question, when I look at that number, right? When I look at the fact that like. Only let's use millennials. Only twenty-two percent of us, right, right, are not watching live sports. To me, it's like, all right, like I, that's who I'm going after as an advertiser, right? That's yeah. like that market, right? All right, right. they're all of them are watching, right? Right. So for me, it's like I, I I'm probably going to have to figure out a different way from the Gen Z perspective, and I don't know if there's enough technology outside of kind of the VR stuff, maybe there's some stuff with Kintar where you can you scan your phone and be immersed in the action. Right. Mm -hmm. Outside of that, I don't know if you, you don't want to watch the game, you're just not going to watch the game. Right. You're not going to have any passion. Right. To it. That's what's right. Right. And you're trying to force something that's not there necessarily speaking of, Hey, you, you know, they're on Apple. So if we blast it to them 30 times in a day. And the minute they jump on Apple and the first thing that they see is live game, live game, live game, they're going to have to inevitably click on it. And I don't think, I don't think that's the case. The easiest way I think that a lot of kids want to consume. And obviously call me stupid. If you want to go to, go to our, go to our Twitter or IG and, and leave a comment. If you, if you disagree, uh, I, I think that you have to do something to where it's passive for Gen Z. And like you said, I agree with the market for the millennials because one, who got money right now? Millennials got money. Millennials got spending money. Hopefully you got spending money. You got we we finally got McDonald's money. That's what millennials got, Sterling. We got that's McDonald's a, money. That's a that's an 80s joke there for those that don't get that. And so, and for and, and if they don't get it, you don't need to be targeting them. That's the, <laughs> that's that's who you don't need to be going after. So with Gen Z, I think what you have to do it, it has to be the most passive way possible. And I think we we've broken in. Obviously, we interviewed Bohan here on our show. Uh, and the technology of buzzer. And if you don't know what that is, I think that's going to be the future and generation. Uh, the, 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 I think that the underlying technology that needs to be used, if you're going to try to attract Gen Z to make them the diehard fan and turn them from a, I don't even think a casual at this point, but into a casual and then into, uh, you know, your, your loyal fan that will you know follow you through thick and thin. And what Gen and what buzzer does is it enables you to just set your, you know, settings for criteria of what interests you. And then if it interests you, it pings you. Oh, do you want to watch it? Cool. Boom. I pop into it because the biggest issue is, is Gen Zers don't pay for their subscription services. It is a permission for them to have it because they're asking their parents if they can utilize whatever service. And if your parents, uh, you know, if you're fortunate enough to be able to jump into all these services because it's expensive, it, it adds up. Um, then, you know, you have that access to be able to watch it. But if you don't, 
you're going to have to be able to find them and then alert them of these games and then give them a way to an avenue to watch it. And I think that's the only way it's like, Hey, boom, you got an alert. I don't have Apple TV, but this company does. That's telling you that your game's on. All you have to do is pay a certain amount just to pop in. Um, but to get to that point still, I think passively, you're going to have to throw out the short form content um, with, you know, whatever alerts to TikTokers, your, uh, IG page or YouTube notifications like, hey, catch this clip of Russell Westbrook, you know, going for another triple dub in which plays at the point of buzzer. But instead of watching it, you're just seeing the highlight reel of it. And then you're at, you're starting to allow them to see and consume more of the sports. Um, and then they can just kind of have in the background. But it has to be passive for them to then be actively searching for it because it's 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 a weird generation. It's an odd generation. I don't want to say weird because we were probably looked at as odd for a lot of things that we did. I mean, you got parents probably looking back at me and like, you know, you guys were line dancing to Soldier Boy. Right. You were you were yuling out here. You know, you were Soldier Boy up in this. Oh, and you're like, oh, what y'all what y'all kids doing? But looking back, like great era, right? So shout out Soldier Boy. Yeah, I'm with you, man. I it is interesting. I think to your point, not just because we had bohan on uh this podcast but i do think buzzer's in a perfect position to take advantage of what that market is right try to get people excited about what's already going on in a game or something that that's upcoming within the game um but yeah i'm I'm with you said something interesting and i and i want to go back to it because i do think that's what streaming services are doing right they're trying to gather one you just you need rights you have to have these rights because you 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 have to make the make that contract right but Mm -hmm. It seems like for these services, let's use Apple, right? They grab baseball and put that there on Friday night thinking, okay, you're going to go into the Apple TV app and look around for a new show or a movie or maybe some music or something on Friday night. And oh yeah, by the way, we also have baseball here. To your point, kind of conditioning you that sports are readily available for you if you'd like to watch that. To your point, I don't think though, for a casual fan, if I click in, let's use baseball again. If I click in to Apple TV and I see the Angels against the Cardinals, even if Shohei Otani is pitching, mm. I'm not going to watch the game. I'm clicking on the morning show. Re- right. And I, will, like, and I will watch it again. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm not, yeah, I'll, yeah. Watch, I'll watch Severance. Right. Like, I'm not even going to watch the game. Right. And, even, like, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think customer behavior in this case is going to be the way to win this market. I, I truly think there's got to be some advancements. And again, I, I, I called out a couple, right? I do think what Meta is doing is, is great because at some point, right, that adoption, you've seen more within the VR space. That's a great idea. Again, if 47% of people have never been to a game, here's a way for you to be at a game without ever like stepping foot in one, right? And you've got right. a court here with like meta and what they're doing uh with meta quest in the nba right right or going back to the the guitar one right being able to like utilize your phone they also have some different enhancements where like they almost would have like the game be popped up on your phone so you kind of like watch it right. almost like in an ar version of it but those type of i think measurements are the only to me it seems like it doesn't just based off of quick research and looking up the data right like the only way to really reach that that group, which I which I find fascinating. I'm not going to lie. To your point, I'm so used to people from a now. I know I played sports, right? But right. so used to people being so enthralled and so excited about their team mm-hmm. that to your point, they're going to take off their shirt in zero degree weather and watch a game for four hours, right? Right. 
Um, and so it's interesting to think through that we're, we're entering in this new space um, where that may not be the case and how are companies going to integrate into the technology that's out there, integrate into um, these streaming services and be able to bring a, a product uh, to life here. Right. And if, and if you haven't seen, um, let's, let's break it down for you guys. So HBO Max is starting a live uh, streaming service with the U.S. soccer matches, like Sterling pointed out earlier. Apple is continuing to, uh, you know, strengthen their portfolio. They had the Major League Baseball deal. And um, along with the MLB, they're also doing an MLS season pass and bringing along Major League Soccer. And and what the difference between HBO and Apple, HBO is doing the national, men, match, national men's and women's games, the friendly, friendlies, not the World Cup. And MLS is going to go over into Apple. NFL obviously already has the Amazon Prime, but the big thing is they've done the NFL ticket with YouTube TV and making the jump there from Dish to now your you know streaming services. And you know, NBA is jumping into the meta game. Obviously, still gonna see them on TNT, TBS, ABC, ESPN. Uh, but they are jumping in into the you know the MetaQuest VR and they're they they're already allowing, you know, your uh, what is it? It's the league pass, right, Sterling, with your yeah. uh, Sling TV, YouTube TV. So everybody's trying to find their avenue. Here's a question that I have for you, though. Yeah. So let's let's take um, what is it, Apple Apple TV, mm-hmm. and I was trying to get it is a so in 2023 the MLS will open up their season under Apple TV and it's a 2.5 billion dollar deal. A lot, of, a lot of ducks, a lot of ducks. It's a lot. Of, it's a lot of money. Two point five billion. Uh, yeah. And now with a, a, a price ticket that is that large, you're going to start seeing contracts reworked. And so the hope is and I think you kind of seen it with the NBA when you have these leagues starting to get this money now. Are you going to start you know, seeing contract disputes uh, with a lot of players? You're going to have a lot of holdouts. And is that going to cripple a lot of these leagues that are trying to make? these jumps that aren't the NFL um, because you don't have that fanmanship for individual players. So do you see with the larger ink deals from leagues to partnerships with the streaming services that you might run into trouble with the players uh, and the product could be affected possibly? I mean, yes and no, right? I mean, I think collective bargaining takes a lot of that away, but You'll mm-hmm. use the NBA, right? Their deal is coming up, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm a I believe they were able to put like an, a year moratorium on it that they don't have to like negotiate. But yeah, I mean, anytime there's more money and more rights, the everyone wants to go to the table to be able to say, well, we want X percentage, right? Um everyone should watch. I think Bomani Jones did an amazing job to talk about this actually within the NBA because he talks about the player empowerment movement and actually how the players have lost actually a little bit of their percentage of how much money they, they truly get based mm-hmm. upon like a, you know, 10, 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. I don't know soccer's right. I just don't know it that well, but I, you would assume again, collective bargaining as more money goes into the pot, more money from a rights perspective is out there. You want a piece of that. So yeah, of course. Right now, the tough thing for now, what's interesting. And I think this was what your question was. If you're a league like soccer, you almost can't go on strike, right? You almost like right. have to like play because you need eyeballs. 
Right. And you, right. that's exactly what I was leading from a strike standpoint, but also uh, from players taking the time off from either whether if it's body protection or, you know, to try and extend their longevity because more lucrative contracts, the longer I could play more lucrative contracts. And then now you're star players that, as well. But like let's use the NBA with that. Right? right. Cause that's the one that I, I would say know the best, but know very well that yeah. one. I think the NBA is in a weird position, right? They're in a great spot rights wise, right? They've got all these partnerships. The ESPN one's going to be tricky just navigating mm -hmm. what Disney wants to do with the ESPN moving forward. But the NBA is losing out on eyeballs, right? People are not watching the regular season as they used to because we don't value the regular season as we used to, right? Right. You saw the other night. It's an easy one, but it happens every night in the league, right? The Nuggets were playing against, uh, I believe it's the, believe it's the Bucks, either the Bucks or the Sixers, right? So it's like Jokic against, I think it was against Giannis. Jokic sat out that game, nationally televised game, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's what you tune in to see. I tune in to see. Obviously, you want to see maybe your team, random Hawks fan, but I also want to see great players play against each other, right? Right. And so when that doesn't happen, then you're like, well, I mean, I guess I can have it on in the background or I can like, to your point earlier, I can go back and go watch a show that I've been watching. Right. Why, right. why watch this? Now this game is truly meaningless. You right. Know? Cause self preservation, self preservation is at the forefront of a lot of these players' minds. And now that these other leagues are going to be getting closer, it's not going to, it's not going to be a, a six man like Conley making, what was it? $17 million a year when that contract hit that everybody's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Who's George Conley? <laughs> but you're going to start having those type of was I, it was it about Mike, Mike, Mike Conley? Mike Conley. Mike Conley. My point exactly. Yeah, he's still making. Like, he's also making like thirty million. But yeah, but um, it was on those contracts. But you're going to start seeing that now in these other leagues, as I think you know, see their collective bargaining agreements are going to be reworked, and then um, their dollar signs on their salaries are going to start going up. Sure, but I think the the tough thing, I think the question that you're trying to ask and, and think through, right, is the labor dispute issue, which again, I don't think you would do that from a soccer. I mean, you could, but like, mm. then you just, you just miss out on, on, on putting product out there, basketball and like baseball and football. They're so established where, and to your point, there's so much money out there right now. These guys see that. And the best thing for them to be able to do is maximize how long they can play and being able to, to, um, to make that money. So I think that's, Again, I think the NBA is in the weird, the weirdest position because their stars are not playing on a nightly basis. Right. Football, you, you have 18 games in the season, right? 17 games in the season, right? So you have to – you kind of got to – as many times you can be out there, you have to play. Again, guaranteed right. money right. also not there in football. We've also – we've always seen this in baseball. Like there's just guys that don't play sometimes. But it isn't talked about as much. Again, it's a longer season too. You play 162 games. So if you miss 20, like it's not – not a huge right. Deal. It's not. Yeah. As long as you're there at the end of the season is what it is. Yeah. yeah. And your team's there at the end of the year. So I, I don't know, man. Like Again, and that's and that goes into, I think, some of the issues with Gen Z. Right. Like because you're only watching like a highlight. Mm -hmm. And then if you see a highlight and then it's like, oh, well, let me go turn turn on this game. I heard about this Jokic guy and then Jokic isn't playing. You're like, oh, well, like this is why I came. Right. You know? And now now I'm going somewhere else. Right. And that's what the that's the issue that they're gonna have with that's not uh, me coming at Jokic. He doesn't sit out a lot. Just yeah, just just the just an example. He's he's one of the more uh iron horses, I would say, for the for the league, you know, strong, strong work worker in the NBA. But 
the the whole thing is, you know, how do you get this younger crowd to tune into games? And uh, I think it's it's a it's a problem that um, you know it's kind of hard to solve at the moment. Like I pointed out earlier, I think that's kind of the route that you have to go. It's for getting these kids to passively consume your content. Like so, a lot of these UI and the, the user interfaces for the HBO Maxes, for the Apples, you're going to have to infuse, and it could it could seem a little bit as um, um, I don't know, overreaching a little bit for how you know you you would get this content, but you might have to infuse like a picture in picture, and as you're on the app, you know, you're on the screen automatically whatever game is on it pops up in the far bottom right corner top left corner wherever the 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 analytics and stats say your eyes are drawn to first but something that automatically plays and you're like oh cool all right the game's on either it can stay there as your i might be giving out free game right now by the way this you might end up seeing this on your (laughs) on your tv but it might automatically pop up and then as you're search scrolling you know going to severance you're watching severance and unless you eliminate and click it off and, and X out on the window. The window just stays up and you can have the game while you're watching your movie or show, as long as it's not, you know, disrupting an area uh, or blocking it. But I think that's the only way that you're going to get a lot of these kids to click into these games. And I just gave something away for free. I know I did. I, I just got ideas, Sterling. This is people need to come to me because this is what happens. I start talking and then I keep talking and then I talk myself out of millions and then everybody takes my ideas because I talk stuff into existence. It's, 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 it's a shame. I had to, I've had to deal with this my whole life, everyone out there. So, uh, but I agree. It's uh, we'll be we'll see. We'll we'll continue to monitor this. Obviously, as rights continue to evolve with some of these larger leagues and some of the the new technologies that are popping up, we'll continue to highlight those around streaming um, and around viewing uh, live sporting events. We got two quick baseball stories that we'll highlight here. The first one is. Um, it's a new collectible platform here. So uh, it's out of, or I shouldn't say out of, but it's one of the founders is a former Yankees player, Hall of Famer, Derek Jeter. Um, the other is the former chief executive of the Honest Company, which is Brian Lee. So they launched a company called Arena, uh, which provides card collectors with online showrooms to buy, sell, and trade collections. Um, I think this is really cool mainly because of who they're working with, right? So the arena club is working with firms such as professional sports authenticator, I can say that Beckett grading services and sports card guarantee company to determine the grade of each card. The final grade is based on the quality and condition of the card. The collector will also receive a thorough explanation for the grade as the company hopes to create transparency through the process, which is something to be honest, that does not, totally happen here in the card market, especially as the card market has kind of boomed over the last uh, few years here. So they received a $10 million series, a funding round, uh, which is really cool. So I'm actually planning to try to use them here. So I might highlight that along the way on sports tech Atlanta uh, media, Twitter and Instagram. So if you want to follow along there, but uh, Taylor, what'd you think about this? Hey, I, I like it. They just got to make sure. And it's the first thing that they're trying to do is uh, combat the scammers. Cause you buy something and then the thing that shows up at your door is a bar of soap. And you're like, I just spent 20 K on a bar of soap. What happened to the, to the authentication process? So that's the biggest thing that they got to look at. But I, I think it's a, a cool concept and um, should elevate the trading um, industry. Yeah. I mean, 
it, it's also there's been like a huge backlog of getting getting um your cards graded and all those type of things. Also, the market had a little bit of a dip last year. Some of that's just based off the economy. Some of that obviously with crypto going down, all that stuff. So, uh, be interesting to see what they're able to do, what they're able to accomplish there, uh, and how that how that'll look. Um, the other one here is a little partnership. I wanted to highlight this one. I played in for a short period of time in the Ripken Baseball League, uh, collegiate league. Um, so I thought this one was kind of just kind of interesting here. And there's a couple things that I'll read here. This came from, I saw this on Yahoo Sports, but um, it's a new partnership between uh, baseball. So they have multiple properties, mainly kind of in Virginia out there. Uh, and the founders of the Harris Blitzer Sports and Entertainment, which is Josh Harris and David Blitzer. Uh, they also own the 76ers, New Jersey Devils, uh, and Prudential Center as well. So they've purchased a controlling interest in Ripken Baseball. Uh, the, the investment is coming through Harris and Blitzer, uh, and they plan to merge operations with their own baseball brand, Cooperstown, which I also played in. Uh, if you don't know Cooperstown, Cooperstown is essentially the uh, – the, it's it's – on par with what you see as a little league world series to me it's a better brand of baseball because you get to lead off and you're stealing the fences are farther back all that type of stuff um so i thought this one was was really interesting here uh of what they're trying to do and obviously kind of increasing um i think the visibility one of cooperstown but also what ripkin baseball has already done uh taylor what'd you think about this let me just tell you cal ripkin has been uh hitting the trails just kind of honestly just been, been out here on the PJ flying back and forth, growing the brand and uh, not surprised to see this partnership come into agreement here because I think what, what what's the, this what, what, what's the stat here? Uh, he's had about, you know, you know, however many thousands of kids have come through uh, and participated and played in Cal Ripken's uh, facilities down in Pennsylvania. Um, correct me if I'm wrong there, Sterling, but no, this was. Uh, I think this is. It's good for for little league baseball, uh, for what Cooperstown puts on and their tournament, as long as uh, as as well with what Cal Ripken has done. Um, and I've seen it firsthand. Had had a, had a friend of mine out here flying on the PJ out here promoting Cal Ripken and uh, you know the, the you know the Cal Ripken league, so to speak. And I think it's it's good for for little league baseball. Now all you have to do is get these parents in line. Know that not every kid's going to go to the pros. Let them enjoy this and <laughs> stop having kids getting Tommy John surgery and they're 12 years old, 13 years old. But uh, I think this is is good for the development of the game uh, at such a young age. And I think it'll expose them to uh, a, a lot of things. Being able to travel between the two states, uh, coming up far, farther up here in the New England area, uh, and then also down there uh, on the East Coast. Yeah, no, definitely. I'm interested to see if they want to try to do anything around Cooperstown. Mm -hmm. They want to try to do anything from a broadcast perspective there. Um, but one thing I do want to highlight, which I uh, always want to highlight when, when things like this are, are included into the PR, is uh, their plans for a partnership with the Cleveland Guardians, which, which the Guardians will sponsor one undeserved Cleveland area team to compete at the All-Star Village. Um, which is really cool there. So anytime there's always kind of a give back to the community, trying to get more people that are underserved baseball is incredibly expensive sport uh, is always really cool. So yeah, I mean, this one's um, 
there's it, this is more of a partnership. I know typically not in our, our typical like sports tech kind of realm there, but wanted to call it out just kind of near and dear to me. So going yeah. to come down and play at Ripken. So no, and then it was yeah, fifteen thousand teams had traveled and played through the Ripken Baseball um, All Star Village. Fifteen thousand. 750k visitors that's that's a lot of, that's a lot of a lot of baseball a lot of teams a lot of people and yeah. so you fuse that with like you said the cooperstown which has always been big uh prominent tourney and uh the lore of playing in cooperstown so i think it's a, it's a beautiful thing for the game yeah yeah it is um so that's it for us for this first iteration of sports tech atlanta seed talk back for 2023 uh hope you guys like the new format we'll kind of continue these like you know big topics hit a couple things at the end um continue to rate subscribe uh listen and um we'll see you in the next edition of sports tech atlanta seed talk